This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the crisis in RTE that was triggered by the behaviour of Ryan Tubby and his agent, Noel Kelly, and irregular payments that were made to the broadcaster have had dramatic consequences. Many would people have said that this was caused by Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty. My view is, and I stated at the beginning, that it wasn't caused by Ryan Tuberty, that he was a symptom, not a cause. And yesterday, an RTE group of RTE executives appeared before the Public Accounts Committee Again, they were there for three and a half hours. It was riveting television. It was very tense. At times, it was angry. The public representatives were superb, in my opinion. They had a lot of documentation to read. And the man principally answering the questions for RTE was the Director General, Kevin Backhurst, who's been brought in to clean up the organization. Many headlines emerged from it. One of them would be that if they don't get help from the government and the people and large dollops of millions before next spring, RTE will be broke. We're joined now by the journalist who broke this story in the beginning, Finan Sheehan. Finan is group editor of Independent Newspaper, is a brilliant journalist and the person who broke this story in the first instance. Finan, thank you very much it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say that this was tense and at times angry and that RTE did not acquit themselves very well. Yeah, and you'd have to say uh, there's been a lot of goodwill uh, both in RTE, across the political system and from the public towards Kevin Backhurst since he has come in three months ago. People saw that he was a, a fair operator uh, he was was trying to be honest, open, and, and transparent. He was trying to be uh, direct in terms of the, the challenges facing the organization. And as a result of that, uh, I, 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 I think he's, he's got off to a pretty good, good start. Uh, it's accepted that he has very difficult decisions to make. But yesterday was not a good day. Uh, for him at at the office, uh, it it was bad. It was bad throughout, and and part of that can be put down to what you'd regard as a petulant performance at times by him. And ultimately, he was appearing before 
the House of the Oireachtas, the National Parliament, the body that does have to approve uh, taxpayer funding uh, to RTE, and the body as well that has representatives who, for whom license fee payers and taxpayers vote. And th- it's their job, particularly in that committee, to hold uh, state bodies and state agencies to account. And that's what they were doing. And at times there didn't seem to be uh, an appreciation of that. Just just to go through the, the raw figures, you, you spoke about what's the cause, but what's the consequence? I mean, where we're at now is, as you say, RTE uh, is potentially going to be insolvent next year if they don't get a substantial bailout. We now know from Mr. Backhurst yesterday that essentially two out of five people who bought a TV license this time last year are now not buying a TV license. And that figure has been climbing steadily over recent months. It hasn't been declining. And after events of this week, you'd wonder, will it will it go up even more? So the, the, the government's technical advisors have basically been saying that RT will be down 20 million this year in lost television license revenue. And this is not about the old RT complaint about on post they're not doing their job and the courts aren't prosecuting people and so on and so forth. This is purely down to the year-on-year decline in people not buying their license on foot uh, of the financial since the financial scandal uh, emerged. So it'll be twenty-one million next year, and then they're basically saying the same pattern again next year, uh, another forty million. So sixty-one million overall in an eighteen-month period since this financial scandal, and that is part of of RTE's. Uh, troubles now, but it's a, a picture that's been exacerbated by issues that were there already. RTE were saying even before this financial scandal that they needed a figure of, of almost 35 million uh, to tide them over for this year in additional funding. The government has come back and said that they're getting 16 million and any additional funding will be contingent upon RTE coming up with uh, what's been called a strategic plan, but is in effect a, a cost-cutting uh, plan. There's there's 40 million euros on the table there to make up for the shortfall of, of 60 million. Uh, you already have a shortfall of, of the gap and the interim funding, and you've got major costs coming down the line uh, in terms of uh, claims against uh, effectively bogus employment Yes. Uh, contracts, contracts with 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 freelance contractors who who should have have been staffed, that liability could be anything up to twenty million, but that that's over a sustained period of time, so it's not quite clear how much of that is immediate. So, Mister Backhurst has basically been told, at the very least, not including all the other elements, that he has to come up with at least twenty one million worth uh, of of cutbacks uh, for for next year. So what we we do know is that compulsory redundancies are being ruled out. The government won't wear that. The public sector unions won't won't wear that. So that won't be happening. There will be a voluntary redundancy program. The sale of Montrose as a whole, which could be worth anything up to five hundred million, maybe, uh, is being ruled out because you'd still have to go off get another site 
install a, a new um, facilities uh, on on that. There are some listed buildings there as well, and there's some listed buildings. So it's 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 awkward. It's 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 basically it would be too difficult. But a partial sale of some of the land, uh, some more of the land, you'd have to say, uh, at Montrose is is not uh, off the table uh, by any means, and and people are looking at what what was the old. Uh, what is the old radio centre and land adjacent to land that they already sold five years ago for around about 100 million is, you'd have to say, the, the, the spotlight uh, is on that. The part privatisation, maybe, of elements of the organisation, such as 2FM, uh, which is viewed as being capable of surviving uh, on, a, on, a, on an independent commercial uh, footing, that's certainly uh, on the table. And then beyond that, there's going to have to be efficiencies and cutbacks. And Mr. Backhurst has referred to uh, RTE being a slimmed down organization. Now, we don't yet have a, have a full picture of this. We're being told that this will be uh, available in the next month to government. So the carrot is there from the government side saying, look, there's 40 million on the table here, provided you can come up with a comprehensive plan here that uh, reduces your costs and brings about savings. Yes, and I want to draw your attention to three facts that emerged yesterday or situations that emerged that cast severe doubt on Kevin Backhurst's credibility and indeed on RTE's honesty. And Alan Kelly, the former leader of the Labour Party, known as AK-47, he's a straight shooter, at one point yesterday, in relation to a matter we're about to come to, Alan Kelly looked directly at Kevin Backhurst and he said, if you go to court with us on the basis of legal advice and question the legal advice we have, your position will no longer be tenable. And I'm quoting him. Here's the reason why. At the heart of the Tuberty affair, and these barter accounts. There was a meeting between the former Director General, D. Forbes, who has not given any evidence to this committee in person, citing illness. There was a meeting between Noel Kelly, Tuberty's agent, and D. Forbes. And that meeting was attended by a note-taker. There are minutes of that meeting. Yesterday, at the beginning of his testimony to the Public Accounts Committee, Kevin Backhurst, in response to a question which was asked about the moral imperative, and I'm quoting, on Ryan Tuberty to repay the 150,000 euros that RTE had given him in this irregular deal. Backhurst said he believed there was a moral imperative on Ryan Tuberty. He was then asked, because this question of the minutes of this meeting had arisen, and he had said that on legal advice, he wasn't going to provide them to the Public Accounts Committee. He was then asked if there was not a moral imperative on him to supply to the Oireachtas Committee, the people's representatives, the minutes of that meeting. He stuck to that line right to the very end. That's what incurred the ire, not just of Alan Kelly, but perhaps most articulately by Alan Kelly, but Verona Murphy, 
the independent TD from Wexford, got into this. That's one. The other is an exit package that Breda O'Keefe, the chief financial officer, took when she left RTE recently. Now, exit packages can be very hefty indeed, but whether they're hefty or not, you don't qualify for an exit package unless the position you're leaving has been scrapped. In other words, she didn't qualify, it appears, for an exit package. She refused to attend the last two meetings, the Public Accounts Committee and the Media Committee. And the details of her exit package, it is said by RTE executives, has not been seen by the board. That's another huge issue. I'd like you to comment on, on, on those two for a start, Finan. This note that right at the very end, and Brian Stanley is an exemplary chairman, he's the Sinn Féin deputy of the Public Accounts Committee, he's very, very fair. He said, we are going to seek from the courts a ruling on this matter, and they expect to win. At one stage in this exchange, Fanon, Backhurst, having been asked if the Public Accounts Committee could see his legal advice, he asked Alan Kelly if RTE could see the Public Accounts Committee legal advice. And Alan Kelly had to remind him, you're here as a witness. We are here representing the people of this country. You're asking us for money. You shouldn't be doing this. Can I ask you about those two key matters that were raised yesterday? I'm sorry it takes so long with the question, but it, it can be complicated for people. Brito Keith's package, but first the note, which seems to me to be critical. The note has now ad- adopted a, a, a mythical status uh, in, in Irish society, something akin to who shot Michael Collins and how do you put the figs into the fig rolls? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not entirely clear what's in this note. Is it it, not, is it, have we not got a clue that there's something RTE don't want us to see? Well, that, that, that's, that, see, that's the suggestion here. RTE are saying, this is inconsequential. We know what happened at that meeting. Noel Kelly has provided uh, a, a follow-up letter to that meeting, setting out what happened in it. D Forbes has spoken to to Grant Thornton uh, in 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 their report uh, on this matter, and that has has set out matters as well. And RT are saying, well, we're not disagreeing with what either of of, of them said. RT have got stuck on this rock now, where they're saying there is a point of principle here. One deputy said, "I wouldn't want to die on that hill." No, it's 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 a really difficult situation that they have now put put themselves into. You'd have you'd have to say if this note is so inconsequential. RT's argument is that there is legal privilege uh, uh, attached. That there the note was taken by. A, a member of the RT solicitor's office, therefore it's legally privileged, therefore they cannot release it. And their argument is, well, this would set a precedent. You could have a member of the solicitor's office in a, a meeting with uh, journalists from primetime investigating yeah. a very serious, uh, some very serious matter indeed. And we can't have a situation where such legal notes uh, can, can be uh, released willy-nilly. 
that's fine. And I don't think anybody is looking to set a precedent here. What the Public Accounts Committee wants to know is what exactly was said at, at this key meeting on May the 7th, 2020, when RTE agreed to underwrite payments to Ryan Tuberty that were part of a side deal that were arranged, uh, you'd have to say, in a most unorthodox uh, manner and were ultimately paid. With fake invoices to a company that didn't exist. Well, the company did, did exist. The invoices were, were very real, but they were certainly disguised uh, in a manner that did not, that was not done in a in a transparent uh, fashion uh, whatsoever. And this has has been openly described now as a means to to deceive. And we've we've. We've now had official reports into the matter. We've had numerous Oireachtas Committee hearings at, at this stage. Uh, I, I think people have made their own minds up. Uh, really, we have to credit them uh, with the intellect to, to see exactly what was, was going on uh, there. So RT are basically saying, no point of principle here, legal advice. We've got external legal advice. We're not giving up this note. The Public Accounts Committee are basically saying, we want to see the note and we'll see you in court. So there is something of a Mexican standoff here now. Either way, it's a lose-lose scenario here for, for RTE because it has now been elevated to a point where this looks like RTE are still, five months later, not being transparent uh, yes. in, in their, their dealings. It is politicians saying, we are still dragging information out of you, yes. kicking and screaming. That reflects poorly upon RTE. So Mr. Backhurst and the RTE chair, Shuni Rahali, would be well advised now to find some solution to this matter because it is increasingly doing damage to RTE. Colin Burke, who's another member of the Public Accounts Committee, is a solicitor who said, where's the risk here? What are you worried about? Who exactly is going to take legal, uh, take a legal challenge on foot of you releasing this document? Also pointing out that it is in the remit of a solicitor to waive uh, privilege if, yes. they, if they don't think it is a serious matter. That can happen. And also pointing out there is a larger risk here now to, to RTE. Uh, because this is is causing such damage to the organisation that is it is resulting in them losing out financially. So that's a, it's a extraordinary situation that RT have now found themselves in that they're willing to say, well, we're going to go down the courts and and fight this. The PSC, I think, know from previous experience that their chances of compelling someone, uh, an individual to appear before their committee if they are claiming that they have have got some medical issue that prevents them from doing so uh, are slim enough. And this document is probably one where the PAC yes. is willing to go down because they think, you know, our, our chances uh, are pretty good here. And either way, they're, they're seen to be fighting the good fight and trying to get information out of a state body that, that won't uh, give it up. So there may be some solution that can be found through a private hearing, through a one-to-one contact uh, with, the, with, the, with the chair, or maybe the minister should intervene uh, here, but well, the minister's interventions so far. She knew about this in March, and she had a representative there yesterday. But I, I mean, this was the the issue on which Alan Kelly said directly to Kevin Backhurst, who looked taken aback, that if this goes to the courts, your position will not be tenable. 
And Kelly said that having begun or prefaced it by saying, I think you've done a good job so far, Mr. Backhurst, but this is pushing the envelope. Yeah, it's 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 reflecting for. I mean, there's also an argument in the background here that 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 RTE uh, on the executive level were claiming that this ideal was all D Forbes work. D Forbes yes. agreed it. Nobody else knew anything about it. Yes. The, what the PSC are effectively questioning here is, well, who else did know about it? They want to see. They want to see the notes of, of this meeting. They want to see what level of awareness there was. Uh, even at, at at a legal level, and did it go any any higher up in the in the executive? And that's what they're they're trying to get at here. So it is very much the Public Accounts Committee questioning the, the credibility of the answers that they've got back from uh, RTE to date. And this is now getting hung up on uh, an issue that really RTE needs to 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 get past if they are to restore. Uh, trust uh, amongst yes. the public because it is literally costing them money now on yes. a on a daily basis. Every time people are talking about this issue and in a negative light about RT management, it's encouraging more people to say, "Well, I'm not going to pay pay my license fee." And ultimately, look, what isn't being said by Kevin Backhurst and isn't being said by Catherine Martin is there is an um, uh, there is also a moral obligation on people to pay their license fee. It yes. is the law. Public sector broadcasting uh, and is is important for any democracy, and this is really not helping their situation whatsoever. So, if the figure was sixty one million two two days ago, you'd wonder where the, where the figure is going to be is going to be at now. On yes. the Brito O'Keefe issue, we now have got a scenario where one CFO of a semi state body left the organisation on a redundancy package which was agreed with the Director General, wasn't run by the board. And as you say, the role didn't end. She was replaced by someone else. That someone else has now also left the organization. We're told that some there was some deliberations with that person yeah. and his legal team, and he left. So that's basically, Breed O'Keefe leaves. We know she got a, 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 a generous redundancy package on foot of her departure. But she didn't qualify for a redundancy on, on the basis of what RTE said yesterday, they broke their own rules because yes. the agreement was... And she has refused yeah. to come twice now before yeah. the public... And there is another issue with Breda O'Keefe in a statement she did read when she did come in which she said she would have not approved of the barter account arrangement. It subsequently turned out I think that that was not the case. There, there's definitely, uh, there, are, there are contradictions arising from her evidence and the evidence uh, of, of Richard Collins, uh, her, her successor, and there is a dispute there over who knew what when, very, very definitely. And the two of them could add a great deal of clarity, but both have now left the organisation. Well, I must say, my own personal opinion here, Finan, that... Mr. Collins is a thoroughly decent man. He's only been in the organization since 2020. I thought, found his evidence to be truthful when I was watching. Well, he, he's now gone. Since Mr. Backhurst came in, he yes. was left off the the new interim yeah. executive team. Uh, a, 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 he was effectively being used in a different capacity other than that of a chief financial officer. So, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall in terms of hers, his future in, in the organization. Uh, a, a new financial um, 
person was put in place and now he has left the organization three months later. Again, Mr. Backhurst asked repeatedly yesterday, was there a, 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 a payout to him? Alan Dillon, the Fine Gael TD, pointing out there have yeah. been concerns about previous payouts to executive management team members. Therefore, the license fee payer and the taxpayer is entitled to know what's going on here. Mr. Backhurst saying, I can't tell you because, again, of, of legal advice. The PSE was not happy with that. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Can the PAC compel Breda O'Keefe to come before the committee and explain the circumstances in which she qualified for an exit package? To, we, we, this to, is yeah. huge. I mean, she was chief financial officer. Her evidence was very impressive when she gave it, when she deigned to turn up. She refused to turn up now. This is, as we know, and as you've pointed out, and as the TDs themselves point, they're excellent. I mean, really excellent. John Brady is a Sinn Féin TD. Brian Stanley is. Imelda Munster, who said at one point in exasperation, if that's your answer, you're going down the chute. Now, that's not typical, but she's a, a wonderful <laughs> interrogator. And my question to you, Fanon, is can Breda O'Keefe continue to give two fingers to the Public Accounts Committee, who are the representatives of the public who are not prepared to subsidise what one TD yesterday called the comedy show that is RTE. Yeah, two difficulties will, will arise there. One is that there is an investigation underway now into the, the two previous uh, redundancy programmes at RTE, whether they adhere to the rules as set out, whether they they ascribe to the protocols that, that were uh, in place, what were the particular circumstances around 
individuals, departures, particularly those who left at a senior level of the organization and were then replaced uh, by people in going into the, the the same the same role. So I mean, the basic rule of of redundancy is if you're going, your job is going with you. Uh, yes. that's that's the normal the normal tenets. If you're if you want to go, well then you can leave. You can just go out the door anytime you want. But that's called resignation, and you don't get a redundancy package. So what what has happened here is Reed O'Keefe left the organization, got a redundancy package, and yet was replaced by somebody, RTE's director of human resources admitted yesterday that where somebody left, there was supposed to be at least an 80% saving yes. uh, on that role. And quite clearly, there wasn't. And when she was asked, well, was there a saving here? She said, no, there wasn't a direct saving. So there yes. quite clearly wasn't because we know Richard Collins uh, came in. The other issue that, that they will have uh, is that the the powers of Oireachtas committees tend to be quite vague. Um, yes, they do have the power to compel witnesses. However, you have to go through a legal process with that. It is open to challenge. And ultimately, uh, Breed O'Keefe uh, has already mentioned that her previous appearance resulted in intrusion into her public life and substantial commentary uh, upon into her, her private life, uh, into her private life, and and so on. So therefore, you'd imagine that that sets up the the position where that would be a, a legal argument uh, for her to say, "No, I don't wish to 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 appear before you." And then you'd you'd end up you're down in the high court. It could be dragged out for quite some time. And the Arachnus committees, in the wake of the the, public, the previous Dodd Public Accounts Committee's treatment uh, of Angela Curran's, the the courts are yes. now taking a dim view yes. on the behaviour of Arachnus committees. So I wouldn't think there. I, I'd, I'd say better chance for her to fend that off if she mounted a legal challenge against any letter of compelability. We know that over the coming months there is going to be a redundancy program. We know as well that there are ongoing legal cases regarding uh, bogus uh, employment where basically people were employed on contracts. They weren't uh, paid social assurance, given holiday leave, given medical cover and pensions and, and so on and so forth. But they were effectively uh, being being fully employed by the organization. The estimate yesterday was that at the current rate at which those cases are being dealt with, it will take 15 years to sort out. Now, look, that that's that's if each individual case has to go to to court. Usually, you'd imagine there is a there's a test case that sets the bar, and things can be can be resolved quite quickly. Uh, th- thereafter, it it depends upon the, the will of the organisation as well to resolve these things quickly, or do they do they want to, to drag these things out? That could ultimately be a bill of of twenty million for RTE. They don't really know how much all, all of that is 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 going to cost. So all of those uh, nice sweetheart deals that were were done for people uh, at the senior levels of of RTE and would appear to still be ongoing are going to be contrasted quite severely in the coming weeks with the manner in which people yes. at the lower end are being treated. Because there will be difficult conversations being had uh, with people. There won't be compulsory redundancies 
But there will be situations where if units of the organization are being closed down and people are, are being told your current role is gone, you can apply to be transferred somewhere else. That, that, that present difficulties for people as well who will effectively be left with no choice but, but to take, uh, redundancy, uh, to, so all of those matters are going to come to a head. And at that point, the sins of the past will very much be, be thrown back at RTE. And that is why they, they also have a difficulty here now in terms of the level of transparency around the departure of executives, uh, in, in recent, uh, months. So, you know, it, even, even during Kevin Backer's term, we've now seen a number of departures from executives. And when the question has been asked, well, was there a deal done here or not? We're basically been told, well, you're not entitled to know that that's a legal matter. Let's just point out here, um, the Irish Times published their annual report uh, in recent weeks. And there was details in that, uh, of, of severance packages for, for senior executives. There were figures, uh, provided, maybe not a breakdown, but it was overall figures provided. So that's another media company who were providing a, a level of transparency. We're being told here that a taxpayer and license fee payer funded organization does not have to provide such a level of detail. Yes, I just want to ask you one final question. Alan Kelly is a senior politician. He was the leader of the Labour Party. He really asked a number of questions which they have to come back and answer. But he did nail this down to who do you think you are when you are asking us, the representatives of the people who pay for you, for our legal opinion when you're refusing to let us have sight of a document that is the key to one element of this and is certainly the key to the culture. Do we need this organization in its present form, do we need to pour tens of millions into it every year? You're in the media. Are you getting any state subsidy? No, I mean... Could we, you do it, son? You could, you could, of course. I mean, look... Right. I'm in the media. Hmm. This is a public service broadcast. Are we reaching a point when 39% of our people in this country are getting their entertainment and their information from sources other than RTE, that the whole question, which is implicit in what Alan Kelly said, of RTE's existence. Why should we pay to be abused, told we've no business asking these questions, by a man like Kevin Backhurst and those like Breda O'Keefe who disdain the democratic operations of the body set up to monitor them? I tell you why, because I, I, I don't want to leave the dissemination of information to the wild west of social media. Yes. That's why that's why we need no, we do need a public properly regulated public service broadcasting. Are these the people to provide it? Isn't that the question that's beginning to surface? That's the the, the existential question that is now emerging uh, about RTE. Is it is it fit for purpose in its in its current form? I mean, they they may not be able to control people who are, who have departed uh, from the organization but there is an obligation on them uh, to to actually seek to to rebuild trust and if they're digging their heels in on what you'd have to say is 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 
minor enough information here, yes. then that that doesn't uh, augur well that the, the management of this organization gets it. There was references yesterday across the PAC to it. Marco Cosi of the Green Party said, this feels like the circus is back in town again. There were, there, there, yeah, there was references to it doesn't feel like the RT management have learned uh, the, the, their lessons. As you say, Paul McAuliffe said, this isn't a rock you want to you die on. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 the hemorrhaging from the organization of, of money uh, is, is continuing. And again, Mark, as he said, I thought we were getting to a point where we were stopping all that. And quite clearly, uh, from yesterday's meeting, that, that isn't uh, the case. So again, there would appear to be a, 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 a difficulty in terms of RT's appearances before these committees making matters worse, ma- rather making them, them better. Catherine Ka- Murphy, at one point yesterday, was basically getting mansplained uh, an, an issue to her, which she repeatedly said, I've heard enough, I don't want to hear anymore. And yet, there's a certain RT exec- executive member who seemed to think that he was somehow helping the situation by droning on with a point that nobody knew what he was talking about. You opened a very fine piece you wrote in this morning's Irish Independent with the following words. Brian Dobson is one of the finest interviewers in RTE, which I totally concur with, incidentally. He's brilliant, and they've banished him to lunchtime. He has a rule about asking a question three times. His rather sound logic is that when the interviewer asks the same question for the third time, it's quite obvious to the audience at home that the guest is being evasive. There's no need to keep on repeating. It's a great image, and I agree with you about Dobson. He's superb. Couldn't it be said that the Public Accounts Committee and the Media Committee have asked the same question of Kevin Backhurst and his colleagues more than three times, and it's quite obvious that they don't want to answer. Yeah, and you'd say that that has been a pattern going back uh, to the meetings in July uh, as as well. That yes. that they, look, it, it 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 is quite obvious now uh, from a, a number of witnesses they have been asked questions on multiple occasions. So there probably is a point at which the Public Accounts Committee, in particular, is going to have to draw a line and go right. We're now going to go off and write a report. And look, they can attach a note to it saying, we're not satisfied with the answers that we received uh, on the following questions. However, these are the, con- th- these are the conclusions that we are drawing. These are the recommendations we are making into the future. I mean, certainly a, a, an issue that arises from this week is that the notion that the same legal department in RTE is providing uh, commercial advice and editorial advice is an issue because the days where RTE can say we can't answer questions on this commercial issue because we're a public sector broadcaster, those are gone. And that message is coming across quite clearly from government now. They want to see a a line drawn. On this side, that's the commercial stuff that you do. You pay for that out of of, uh, uh, advertising and sponsorship. And this is what you do in return for the 160 quid that you ask the punters at home to pay. Yeah. And that's for the news, that's for the, the cultural output, that's for the language, that's for the children's uh, output. Yes. That's the stuff that isn't commercially viable, that is exactly what it says on the tin, uh, public sector broadcasting. 
and the entertainment shows and so on and so forth, that can go over there and you can pay for that out of advertising. Right. It seems we're a long way from that situation. We're very grateful to Financian. He is outstanding. He broke this story and on many other stories as well. He is an outstanding journalist and we should be grateful for him. We're grateful to you, Fanon. To all of you who listened, hope you found it enlightening. We'll have to go now, but we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much indeed for listening.